Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This week on Up to 90, we talk... Bill Clinton. Is that right? Yes, we're doing a bit of Bill. How are you, Emma Bear? I'm good. It's been too long. It's been a long time since I left you, left you. Left I was you, that you, song you, just came to me. So first of all, we have to do the big shout out to the beautiful Dingle um, for hosting us at the weekend. So um, big thank you as well to our guests at Groad Farley, Danny Ryan, Brian Gallagher. You were absolutely amazing. We had serious laugh out loud moments. It was hilarious. Really, really good crack. I think we all had a brilliant time. Would you like the bad news, Emma? Yes. Due to technical glitch and in the irony of all ironies, given that this is a 90s podcast Mm -hmm. and what we liked about the 90s to, I'm paraphrasing, I think it was Rosemary McCabe who said this. Um, the great thing about the 90s, of course, being that we have all these memories of all these things that happened, but no evidence to prove that these things did happen. In the irony of all ironies, due to technical glitch, the podcast was not recorded. Therefore, you will never be able to hear what a great time we had. So that's why today's episode is a little bit late. Surprise! Yes, yes, it's an element. And just to say, it was it was one of those things that it was a fantastic event. We shed well, I shed a couple of tears when this realization was made that unfortunately we are officially the first podcast ever to not have an audio recording. Um, it's this new thing we're exper- experimenting with. It's called memory. So uh, I'm afraid you will never be able to listen back. I but it was a great <laughs> event. And what it did convince me was, and I was chatting to Ems about this today, it's just given us all the more impetus to actually do more of these. And especially now that we have our amazing new sponsor. I know. We will certainly be doing a few live shows over the summer in association with our fantastic sponsor. This is hugely exciting. Emma, do you want to announce who is our partner at Up to 90 for the foreseeable? It really is the dream. It makes so much sense. Like, it just makes so much sense. What I was saying, I'm off the wine, lads. I can't be doing with it anymore. Copperberg. I know. Are with us now. Well, just in time for all those juicy new flavors. It is. Oh my! Well, have you the the new flavors are just fab. Have you tried some of these? They did deliver a couple to my house, and yes. I have to say, I was just going to say, like yeah, I'm looking I for did. the bottles. I know. I'm sorry. It's just. It's kind of like we've be- kind of become a little bit attached to them now. So, um, I will definitely be forwarding them on. 
but uh, they're just so nice. They're only 83 calories per can. Uh, do you know what I like about them as well? They're that lovely little, just that nice little size. Um, so oh, they fit in the clutch bag. You go to the wedding, you know the way that, that shoulder of vodka is just not fitting in the clutch bag. No. These little cans, super cute, super dainty, fit in your clutch. They'll even fit in the kids' lunch boxes, Emma. <laughs> I'll think I'm back in Spain now because you know the way I went on holidays to oh, Spain. Oh, here we go. And we're talking into the mini cans. Here we go. Every, every, you know, holidays every night. And then when I came back, I was like, oh my God, am I going to go back to drinking once a week? But then you see when they're little cans, it doesn't really count. Look it's how, fine. look, I'm, I'm sorry, look, how cute are those fucking cans? Am I going to get these How fucking cans? cute are these fucking cans? Raspberry light, I absolutely love it. Summer fruits light, I also adore. Uh, I really like. I'd say, and also the, there's this gorgeous Elder, one, elderflower and lime. Oh nice, and yeah. Fred loved that one. What? I know. We've just they're been sampling. I'm drinking them because they're just in the gaff. So I'm hardly going to say no. Only 83 calories, and uh, they're recommended by Slimming World as well. Grand. Well, I'll have to boot it up to yours to get them. It's just Friday treats for the boys. I was laughing because I was was having a conversation. So, Copperberg, expect a lot of um, uh, a lot of sounds pertaining to cans opening on the show henceforth because the next time we record we're going to have a couple of these cute little cans nice. in hand yeah. and Good. just a little bit of a tipple just uh, I'd like to share my um, my experience with you Emma so you're going to really enjoy it I think you'd like the summer fruits one I, I, lo- I like love the raspberry light. Myself, and I'll see what one I fucking like, thanks. I'll fucking tell you what you <laughs> fucking like, bitch. So what's nice about these little cans is that it's just they're, they're, they're good for the old bikini body as well. Sure that we're working on, yeah, Emma. Yeah, that's me all over. Do you know I've never worn a bikini? And the bod on you? No, because I had Ella when I was so young. And then I got stretch marks. And I was like, oh, fuck that. But to be honest, I was never... Me and son is always a tricky. I know. Well, we've discussed our yeah, dim yeah. son, skin tone. I actually bought Faitan there the other day as well. But they're lovely for summer. Oh, yeah. No. They're great. I, yeah. I, nice I'll happily drink them, just not in a bikini. I will. No, we can only drink them in our bikinis <laughs> the next week when we're recording okay. in head stuff. Wouldn't that be fun? Be nice. um, I was saying, speaking of um, uh, kids and their lunch bo- lunch boxes and fun beverages um, of a Friday, um, I was saying about my little, um, the little babies in my life. Would oh, you yes. let, would you let your little babies drink Coke? Uh no, they don't get coke. No. I only they let the babies of my life drink coke when they're very hungover. Oh. Just you can't beat it when you're hungover. So they yes. only get them when when they're hungover. That's the rule. They only get Oh, those. well if I'm planning on having a drink, I will uh make sure that I have a can of coke or a bottle of coke oh. for myself in the fridge. Coming down 
to that can of coke oh! when you're just parched. It's amazing. First thing amazing. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you know you have a problem. Yeah. Um, I was laughing because I did a, I did a couple of... Well, we both... We were both gigging in Wexford over the weekend. Yeah, like, to be honest, uh, I only... Um, I only squeezed in, like, oh, I mean, one or two, like, literally one or two drinks, which, I mean... I feel ashamed myself, maybe on quality weekend, but it was just too busy work-wise. And you must it, stay yeah. professional. I had a couple of drinks last night after the gig in Wexford, a couple of drinks after the gig in Tinkle, but no more than that. I think when you're busy, as you get older, it's time. It's the time you lose when hungover. You actually just don't have that time. I think that's the problem. I just that's why you're drinking less. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I mean, I just didn't have the time to drink. The was evenings in, were taken away from me. was in a bar in Wexford last night and these kids were at the bar and I was actually really freaked out that they were buying drink. But luckily they were just getting tokens for the fag machine. Oh, so it was all good. Yeah, so I actually thought Thank of you. God. It was like, little Emma's. Ah, cute. Um, any more news? So Gig and Tingle went so, so well. You will never know. No evidence to prove it, but thank you for coming, etc. And we are going to be doing more live events I was um, not a with Copper Bird. I wasn't there. We missed you. You were with us in spirit, though. I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> And I had to address the rumours, of course, in Tingle. Everyone presumed that Fred had broken up with me, and that's why he was no longer doing the gig. Oh, no way. So everyone just presumed that the nation's sweetheart had had enough. So we set them right on that one. Um. Oh, and that's it, Royal Baby. Yes, me and Shane were talking about this earlier and we were throwing out a few names. Okay. So probably by the time this is ready now, the name will be out. But th- this is my predictions, right? I said that if I know Megan, like I think I know Megan, I'm guessing it's going to go bit left field, Noah. Biblical. Mm. Mm. Noah or Peter? Peter? Yeah. Something mad. Sorry, are they giving birth to a registered sex offender? Why is that Peter? Yeah, Peter. I would say, Noah ha- or I Peter. actually haven't thought this. I actually haven't considered this and at all. Shane had two names, but I can't remember. I oh, Richard was one of his ones. They're, ne- they're not going to call the child Dick, for God's sake. It's yeah. bad enough their That's dad's a ginger. That's what They're I not going to call it like Dick Dickie, Ginger Dick. Like, yeah, Prince Dick. Dicky Ginger. Forget it. <laughs> I'd say, it, like, I actually haven't considered this at all, but I would think maybe something like Samuel. Maybe okay. Samuel might right. be. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, the real royal baby, Amy Schumer's little baby. Do we know? Born. Was it a boy or a girl? We were saying the soother is blue. So is that her? Um, I don't know. I don't know. If I don't know. Could be. I don't, you see, the suit, oh, the reason why I'm so, uh, like, don't know about it is because in America, the sailors they have are weird. Have you seen them? No. So they're just, the sailors in America are like the teats off bottles. Ooh. They're not like the soother with What's the little hand and stuff. I don't know. I think it's meant to be better or something. Um... That's strange, yeah. I yeah. So we, we don't know. We need to. We could probably have googled to check the child's well, we did gender. Text why her, but why bother? She just didn't text back. Um, okay. Well, we start our podcast. Let's start our chats. Bill Clinton. Yeah. What would you think about if I if I said Bill Clinton to you? What would be your initial? Okay. Initial Bill thought. Bill Clinton. What I think of is saxophone, grey oh, hair. Good one. 
and blowjob. Yeah, well, that pretty much sums him up, I think. Um, you know, even Henry would concur. Couple of things. <laughs> oh, uh, he was. Go at all. He was. I love that Henry. Henry is every woman in that. Just know we never forget. Okay. No, never forget. We never forget. Like it's just not going to happen. We'll say, I know, I know, we'll move it on swiftly. (laughs) Um, It's all getting a bit too close to home. Uh, Okay, so Bill Clinton was born William Jefferson Blythe at the third. That's always kind of a bit of a bit of a red flag when they've got a number after their name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, William Jess- Jefferson uh, Blythe III was born in August 19, 1946. Uh, he was the 42nd President of the United States and he served from 1993 to 2001. He was the first Democrat, uh, so he's the first Democrat to be re-elected president since FDR. Oh. So, that's interesting. Um, and he was uh, born, as I said, in Arkansas. The thing about Bill was he was effectively trader trash. Like that was the thing. His was dad though, actually really, died. Yeah. yeah, like they were really, really poor. His dad died three months before uh, his mom gave birth. So his mom was pregnant when his dad died. Uh, there was no elitism in his family whatsoever. He uh, was born and raised in Arkansas, went to Georgetown. And then, of course, he went to Oxford in England for a little while. And he went to Yale, where he met his missus. Hillary Rodham and of course Hillary was blown away because um, she'd never met someone like Bill super charming super charismatic uh, you mentioned the saxophone so in school he was all about the jazz uh, he was in the jazz band etc and he was uh, very much like obviously he was the epitome of the American dream like mm. he worked his way up um, he uh, he just basically got ahead because academically he was absolutely brilliant and what a turning point for him was when he went to the White House when he was 17 Mm -hmm. and he met of course JFK in the Rose Garden and he said that was the turning point for him like that's when he was like I can do this I can get into politics like he knew in that moment he's like this is what I want so that was a major turning point for our bill um couple of things about Bill when he was elected president he was obviously coming like coming to the campaign he was a really kind of exciting candidate uh he was president at the time George. he was the incumbent George HW was the president and here's this guy he's in his 40s yeah very young really good looking like even going back like he was a good looking guy like yeah. charismatic um, very exciting candidate and also when he won and this is a quote that stayed with me I remember when he won Aunt Maya Angelou the wonderful poet she said at the time that America had elected its first black president because obviously from where he was coming from he's coming from a very poor background yeah. now in saying that his grandparents did own a store which I thought was an interesting point when I was looking at a couple of bits today because you know you always think and I know we have a lot of American listeners um, so you know and coming to this probably from a very ignorant point of view but I would always be a little bit wary of the South so because I would immediately think like segregation etc yeah. but what was interesting about his pa- grandparents they actually would have sold they had a, little, a small little grocery store and they would okay. have sold um, groceries and stuff to people of all races on credit re- like w- within this like segregated time frame so like they were actually 
really exceptional in that way. Okay. So, like, you know, it's it's interesting, interesting that... Thing, though, you know, like, say about him come from a very poor background. It's one thing to kind of work your way out of that and become successful. But then to go on and, like, to be so... Obviously, you know, you've gotten the biggest job in politics in America... I can only imagine the amount of money it would cost in America to run any sort of decent campaign. Yes. I well, mean, of course, a huge like country. a lot of people felt, you know, being, you know, cynical and very reductive about this. A lot of people felt that Hillary was completely swept away by this charismatic. Like, you know, you can imagine like this charmer from the South. Like she was like, what? Like this is this New England well-to-do young lady who yeah. had never really mixed uh, you know, I mean, uh, like she was very political in college and stuff, but would not have really mixed in a social sense with people beyond that were very much beyond her own experience. Yeah. So she was just totally <laughs> just blown away. Is that distracted there by the hun bun? No, that girl actually. That's a good hun bun. I remember I went to a friend of mine her wedding, and uh, I got that girl to babysit. And sure, didn't she call us at like eleven o'clock? No, yeah. saying what? Um. The kids were on the Copperberg. <laughs> Same. I think it was Tommy wouldn't go sleep. Now, when we called, when we came back, he was actually grand, but he was just awake. But I thought she'd be good because, like, her mom, like, you know, she, I was like, I should probably give her mom a shout. If, that's what I would have done anyway. Like, when I was babysitting back in the day, last thing I would have done was actually ring the people. Never. Like, it has to be a pretty fucking dire situation. 11 o'clock. Yeah. Jesus, the poor girl. And the fact that you have to see her every day is a bit mortifying for her, isn't it? I know, I know. Um, I Clinton was, of course, uh, he took his, he actually in high school, he took his stepfather's name. But uh, Clinton did say uh, that he kind of had a difficult relationship with his stepfather. So it's not really clear why he took the stepfather's name Clinton, because obviously that was on his, his birth name. He said okay. that his stepfather was a gambler and an alcoholic. He regularly abused his mother and his half-brother uh, to the point where he had to intervene in multiple, like, multiple times. Of course, his brother, as an aside, we're not going to get into Roger, but do you remember Roger? Roger was his little brother and he was nicknamed Headache by the Secret Service oh. because he kept kept like doing things like you know, getting drunk, uh, doing drugs, driving under the influence. He was just an absolute nightmare. So he's just a total pain in the so arse. So Roger was just having a bit of crack. Roger was a bit of crack is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so basically he had said when he went to, you know, meet JFK, that was the turning point. And he also said that Martin Luther King, uh, when he saw that speech, I have a dream, it impressed him so much that he actually memorised it. So Maya Angelou, I remember at the time because we were big Oprah heads, Oprah, of course, was all about the bill. Maya Angelou was yeah, all about yeah, the bill. Yeah. And as I said, you know, Maya Angelou very much looked at him as like, you know, what she said, what her exact quote was, like he was the first black president. But just before we get to the big scandal, what we all think about when we think about Bill, um, just politically, legally, what was he up to? So, of course, he had that great quote, the guy, uh, his campaign manager, uh, when he asked what people cared about, okay, so like what the American public would be voting for, yeah. what was their biggest concern? Of course, the infamous quote, it's the economy, stupid. 
So you will always mm. hear that bandied about. And that was actually, of course, put together by uh, his campaign manager uh, at the time. And I can't find his name here, but I'll come to know it. And uh, he was, what was interesting about him was uh, Bill Clinton as a president. He reigned over the longest period of economic expansion within any American presidency. Yeah. So like the economy was getting better and better and better. Like actually economically speaking, he was incredibly successful like as a president. Uh hence why he was re-elected and he uh he was very very popular from that point of view. Also legally he did a couple of interesting things. Um and a couple of kind of controversial things he brought in. I don't know if you're familiar with it, the three st- well, the three strikes in your out rule. Have yes. you heard of that one? Yeah, we so, talked about it in, in another did, episode. Didn't we? Yes. About somebody, so some the, case. Yes, there's three strikes in your out rules uh, and your out rules. So the thing about Bill was he was very much kind of like held up as the closest uh, the closest um, America had had to an African-American president. But ironically, this law that he was behind, that he pushed for, mm. led to the imprisonment of so many African-American like people, specifically African-American men, that it actually was maybe inherently quite a racist law because it was actually very much weighted against a certain cohort of the population. So basically with this law, if you had a severe felony and two other previous convictions, mandatory life sentence, life sentence. Yeah. So you had guys and it was still, it's it's still in effect in 28 states. And like there are a lot of, I think it's, is it called, there's that great Netflix documentary. Is it 13? 13 state. There's a great Netflix documentary okay. anywhere where it looks at uh, the effects of this law. And like you have guys who are 21, 22 and the judge has to hand down a mandatory mm. life sentence. They're never getting out of prison. Yeah. And of course, not too many white guys who I are mean, getting in prison at 21, 22. Yeah. Like they're not taking into account any like economic, social disadvantage. You have all mm. these young black men who are in prison for life and it's all stemming from this law that Bill Clinton brought in. But like even as a young kid I know I always knew if I'm gonna ever go to America, I better make sure not to break the law. Yeah. If I got arrested in America I'd be fucking shitting myself. Yeah, it's if pretty... Well, it's scary enough going again, through customs, like, isn't wow. it? Well, I know. But to be fair, Emma, you've you've gotten out of... You've gotten out of those instances. I've talked myself out of it. Through the skin bits. of your teeth. Yeah. So I think I we'd all be feeling nervous. I don't want to get another one of those calls, Emma. I'm going to have a bag full of Copperberg to bribe um, people with as well. James Carville was the American campaign strategist who came up with the... the the motto there, uh, it's the economy stupid. Also, uh, don't ask, don't tell law. This was an interesting one. Repealed under Barack Obama. This is a crazy one. And then we're going to get to the good stuff. But this yeah, is an yeah. interesting Come one. On. Don't on ask, the, don't blowy. tell. Okay. This, wait for it, prohibited mm. military from discriminating against gay, bisexual, lesbian members. Yeah. yeah we think yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also... Barred, it legally barred no. openly gay, lesbian, or bisexual persons. It prohibited anyone in the military from disclosing their homosexuality or their bisexuality. 
So it was actually illegal. So it's like, we're going to protect you. But if you're gay, you better shut the fuck up about it and not let other people know you're gay. So completely fucked up. Totally fucked up. And Barack Obama repealed it. So just a bit of of colour there. Bit of background. Okay, the good stuff. 1998. Bill Clinton is being sued by a woman called Paula Jones. Now, we have to just know that Bill Clinton had a bit of form because when he was running for president, the rumours abounded that he was well into his affairs, uh, had been guilty of a few dalliances, specifically with a girl called, a woman called Jennifer Flowers, okay. which of course he denied to the hilt, but he had form. Like this was his, his reputation preceded okay. him. 1998, he's being People sued by a woman know. called Paula yeah. Jones, yeah. who claimed that when he was governor, um, he sexually harassed her. Okay, mm-hmm. specifically, the deposition is, is a bit of a lol fest if you watch it. So specifically, he was asked, did you ever ask Paula Jones to kiss your penis? Which I think we all agree is, well, I mean, romantically speaking, it's been a long time since since I've heard such poetry. Would you kiss my penis? Yes, so this is what we talk, like 90, 1990s conservative America asking, did you ask her for a blowjob? That's where Kissing we're going. Kissing the penis is not a blowjob, but go on anyway. Kiss from the penis, oh yeah. Um, so he, of course, is like, absolutely not. Kiss from I think the penis just, is a completely different thing, isn't it? Um, okay, I... <laughs> do you know what? I feel like we're back in... I know we've touched upon this briefly, but we're back into the bliss realm of, you know, people writing in to the problem page saying... Um, my boyfriend asked me for a blowjob in the cinema. So I now this is 1990s. This is a problem page to teenage girls. Okay, um, so like my boyfriend asked for a blowjob in the cinema. So I, uh, you know, knelt down and I blew on the penis, and then he started giving out to me. What should I do? And now he's not speaking to me. What should I do? And this would have been sent in from maybe Natalie in Southampton, 14. And the problem page person, the agony aunt, would mm. say things like, I'll never forget this stayed, this made, this st- has stayed with me for two decades. The first line was, never blow on a penis again. You can cause serious damage. That was the advice. What? Because, the, you know, the air bubbles can get trapped. So, like, just, is it any wonder, if you know a woman in your mid, if you've ever met a woman in her mid-30s, standing in a street in Wexford, outside a chipper, roaring and crying at her boyfriend for no discernible reason whatsoever, just bear in mind, before you judge that woman, just bear in mind, this is the background we're coming from. Okay, as 14 year olds, I was nationally in Southampton. Okay, no, I wasn't, but I'm just saying, imagine that level level of internalized misogyny. So rather than say that guy is a dick, he's not worth your time, the advice was don't you ever, don't ever hurt him again. Yeah, basically. So basically, that's what the prosecutor was getting at here. so yeah, uh, he was like, no, 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 never, never happened, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Bill was a little bit Teflon at this stage. Like, nothing could stick to Bill. But then, 
this woman mm. came along by the mm. name of Linda Tripp. Okay, so Linda oh, Tripp. Yeah. Linda Tripp worked with a girl called Monica Lewinsky. She mm. was an older colleague, a bit of a mentor. Yeah. Uh, she had a bit of a friendship, inverted commas, going on with poor old Monica. And she announced that for the last couple of years, she had been taping conversations with a former intern of Bill Clinton's who claimed to have had an affair with Bill Clinton. So she was a, she was very much like anti-Clinton, total Republican, all the rest. So she let Paula Jones' legal team know that she had been taping this conversation. So she had evidence to prove that he had committed adultery before, right. blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, the FBI, Paula Jones' legal team, descended on this poor girl, Monica Lewinsky, who's just a kid, by the way. So when she embarked on this affair with Bill Clinton, she was 22. She was a child... Okay, she was young. She was a child. She was young. She She was embryonic. She was embryonic. Okay. (laughs) Um, I mean, every now and again, when I'm feeling stressed, I go to ring Childline and I have to remind myself that I'm 36 nearly. Uh, So, Linda Tripp, anyway, uh, was a bit of a dickhead to poor Monica. Monica then stood firm. She's like, I'm not testifying Mm. against Bill. She was still in love with him at this point as well. So, instead of that, so basically the FBI wore her her down so like they were bringing her in can you imagine now think of our whatsapp audios because i was watching an interview with monica Lewinsky today and i was just like oh my god i fucking can just imagine the mortification she was like imagine sitting there listening to every catty comment you have made like every silly thing you have said about another human being Mm. is being replayed there's all these men sitting around listening to me being silly being fucking 22 like being uncouth talking about sex like passing catty comments and i'm sitting there listening to it and i'm just so humiliated like imagine the humiliation how long was she having the affair with him two years Oh, she was yeah, the affair and it was so it was a proper years. affair. Like they exchanged gifts, like you know they were in contact a lot. Like there were right. obviously numerous sexual incidents. It goes out. So it wasn't just a couple of blows. No, because I thought that it was only yeah. when I came back to it, I was like, oh okay, it was tears. So of course, the smoking gun, the dress, the dress. So Linda had convinced her not to clean the dress, not to wash the dress that she wore that contained Bill Clinton's semen. Now, seriously, what the fuck? Her mother also, by the way, was behind this, like, you know, hang on to the dress. Now, I just, for me, that is the bit that is just crazy that your mother would say, do you know what? Don't clean that. So it's hanging in your wardrobe covered in semen for two years. I mean, Emma... It's fucking gross. Uh, like we did reference this actually and Danny Ryan of Danny Ryan Comedy who's just so funny and so brilliant. He did say on Saturday night which I thought was a very good point. He was like, I don't understand how Monica Lewinsky didn't get like a deal with like a washing powder company. Like she yeah. would have been the best fucking person. I was like, that is actually fantastic. Stubborn, stubborn stains. Um, so yeah, of course the dress was delivered to Paula Jones' legal team who I would say probably ejaculated all over the dress again they were so excited at this um, because up to that point of course Bill Clinton had denied it from a hilt and specifically of course the infamous quote Hillary fucking Clinton I mean just cringe for her watching it back she's sitting beside him as he tells the world specifically the nation but also I the world I did not have, have sexual relations, relations with that, that woman, woman. <laughs> yeah 
And along comes Monica and says, I didn't clean this dress and Bill is fucked. You come as on my dress. You come as on my dress, dress, baby. Um, So yeah, so Bill's absolutely fucked and Paula Jones's uh, lawsuit, of course, had been thrown out because she didn't have enough evidence. She appealed it in the wake of this new evidence. So he paid her off 850 grand. Interestingly, she had something like 600 grand of legal bills. So Mm. she didn't actually get that much in the end. Just a, just a mere uh, quarter of a million. Um, so, yeah, uh, Monica then. Obviously, this whole incident with Monica led to him being impeached. He was only the second president ever to be impeached. The previous guy having been Andrew Johnson, not a relation, uh, 131 years earlier. The House of Representatives obviously impeached him. Um, whilst this was going on, interestingly, there was a big debate over whether or not... This meant he should resign as a president. Like, what were the delineations? When did your private life suddenly start to impinge on your public life? Yeah. Like, you know, how far should we take this? So it was a huge cultural debate at the time. Um, Larry Flint of Hustler magazine. Yes. He was very much like Team Bill. Yeah. Uh, he was like, this is nothing to do with us. So what if he's gone off and stepped with the fucking intern? Who gives a shit? He offered a million dollar reward for anyone who could bring him any bit of salacious sexual scandal relating to any one of the Republican congressmen who were going for Bill. Oh. So he was like, anyone who goes after Bill, you better have a clean slate because I'm offering a million dollars and this is 90s money so ultimately the interesting thing was even though all the evidence like I mean obviously you know it goes without saying like he had been he had been proven to be a liar Mm. he was guilty of contempt of court he had lied under oath I mean even in the deposition to Paula Jones when he was asked about Monica Lewinsky he was like no nothing ever happened Um, he was acquitted yeah. So he's acquitted by the Senate. Uh, he maintained his position as president. He interestingly left office with one of the highest, with well, the highest approval rating of any sitting president since World War Two, sixty-five percent, which I was shocked by, sixty-five percent approval rating when he left office. It's insane. Like the thing, like okay, he was a very likable president and was very popular, but. The thing that always got me about that and like kind of especially years later, when you look back, heads is the whole concept of the fucking podcast. But I always thought it was such an abuse of, of a position course, of power it was, was an actually abuse, yes. the real issue for me. And I had a I had a discussion with somebody about this reason. Like she was an adult, she was twenty two and blah, blah blah. And I was like, Yeah, she was an adult, okay, she was a young adult. But I was like, that's a huge thing for the the president of the most powerful like one of the most powerful countries in the world to kind of like initiate that kind of relationship Mm. with you or whatever well I mean it's hard to think of a bigger example of an abuse of power than an unpaid intern and the president of the the United States the leader of the free world I mean it's fair to say, yes, legally speaking, both adults, but I mean, really not, we're not talking about a level playing field here at yeah. all. And I think a lot of the time people use this thing of like, oh, well, sure, the money, the mo- oh, she was after the money. No, she wasn't. But like, what, like, what's this whole thing about people getting money for shit? And I'm sure it had a huge 
detrimental well, effect on her lot, life. Yeah, so she's a public speaker now. She talks a lot about, uh, she did an ama- uh, Did you ever watch her TED talk? No, I Amazing. So anyone, actually, listener, if you do have a chance, I would recommend that. It's only like 20 minutes long. Okay. Well worth listening to. And in that TED Talk, she talks about cyberbullying. She right. says, I was actually the first person in the world to be cyberbullied. Because oh, okay, what was interesting yeah. about her story was, it was the internet that broke the story first. And she said it was the first time that online has usurped traditional media so like that she was like i was like people were emailing jokes in about me she was like thankfully social media was not a thing then but people were emailing jokes like obviously we're talking she was late night chats chat show fodder for i mean i mean i would say like probably the best part of a decade like i mean Mm. even a decade after the fact people are still making jokes about monica Lewinsky. she was slut shamed she was fat shamed uh she talks about having been humiliated to such a level that like obviously you know she was her parents were uh she was very at a very low point and uh, for obvious reasons and her parents were on vigilant suicide watch for she was saying you know years really after the fact that like she had been humiliated to such an extent and what i think is interesting is there's a clip on the guardian website where bill clinton has asked about me too and he says that he thinks that me too is long overdue and you know he said that you know then I said sorry then and I meant it and I'm saying sorry now and I mean it and he does seem contrite of course but it is interesting because within a me too climate now within a 90s climate Monica was not seen as a victim she was seen as um gamey up for it uh, amoral, uh, complete, total fair game. And sure, the whole tone of the whole thing was like, "Oh, Bill, you dirty dog." You, Bill, and yes. Monica, you fuck, stupid and, you Trump. Know, yes, Wasn't stupid Trump. And she talks about in that TED talk. She says, "You know, I was called a whore, a prostitute, ugly, fat, like just mm. everything you can throw at a woman." And ultimately, even like the fact that she wore red lipstick, that she wore a skirt. And you know what I love about you know the way she speaks about that time in her life it's so honest and the vulnerability is just so oh it just gets me like even listening to her speak about it she says because you think back to you know she says you know I didn't really like myself you know I battled with my weight I never Mm. thought I was pretty I wasn't blonde and blue eyed like I just never considered myself beautiful and if I'm honest what I liked about Bill was that other people desired him and he desired me I just really liked that. Like, that's mm. what I liked. And he's, she says, the first day he noticed me, I was wearing a sage green outfit. And I wanted him to notice me so bad the next day that I went home at my lunch break when I heard that he was going to be in the office and I put the, the suit back on just so he would notice me again, which he did. And to me, I know, like, obviously not a child. You know, she is, of course, legally an adult. But to me, it shows just her youthful naivety there Mm. you know just in that moment she's like I just wanted him to like me so bad and not thinking about the consequences and all the rest and it just interested me that he said Bill Clinton he was saying you know me too because he has been since of course accused and when Hillary was running there were all these accusations that of course he's guilty of a lot more improper conduct than what went on with Monica Lewinsky and there are big question marks over maybe you know uh 
uh, sex he had with like maybe underage girls, etc. Okay. Obviously, goes out saying like you know none of this has ever been brought to court, but there have been like rumors for a long time, and you'd wonder. I just think. It's interesting because I remember one thing that registered with me at the time was Chelsea, their daughter, yeah. apparently was particularly affected by this, goes out saying. And in one of their arguments, White House staff said that like she uh, screamed at him, you're a rapist, and like ran off to her room. And I just remember as a young girl, because I was such a daddy's girl as well, yeah. I just remember, God, like imagine her heartbreak at seeing this all played out in the media. Like, it just must have been so hard for her as well. But it's just interesting because, you know, there have been all these rumblings and rumours about Bill for a long time. Chelsea. None of it's been proven. But it's Chelsea, just interesting Chelsea. that that was his take on the Me Too. Would you think so? I would reckon Chelsea's a Or she's a journalist now. Yeah, I'd reckon she's a wrecked ahead. I don't know. Do you know what? Yeah. I actually always Steph quite always. liked her. You would. No, I fucking would. <laughs> I was the one she who used to listen to my teachers talk about their lives. Um, no, so, yeah, like, it's just, it struck me as very interesting. I mean, I, look, you're going to say he's a politician, obviously, you know, to his end of days. He's probably going to say me too, was long overdue for a long time. But I actually thought within that moment, he did yeah. seem to genuinely mean mean it and I just I was like it just I stro- it, it struck me as interesting like I'm sure he did mean it but uh, you know we all say things that we fucking mean but then when you're putting positions where you can take advantage abuse a position yeah. of power or whatever yeah. is a di- you know it is a different thing like you know even yourself put right? your money where Let, your mouth is let's let's just say this pardon a very, the pun a very <laughs> Julie, please move okay, your hand away sorry. from my mouth, please. Oh, okay. It's getting too, too much. Say you're at a gig, right? Say you've decided, oh, I'm going to go into town tonight and I'm going to do an open mic. And you're like, you know, I'd love to fucking, I just want to get on first and boot at home. And you rock up and there's Doesn't somebody. Doesn't sound like me. Yeah. You rock up and it's someone who, you don't know who they are. Like they're a new open mic on the scene. And they're on first. Now, this is a fantasy you've obviously thought through no, before. Because no. there's a lot of detail here. No. Why have you, you brought... Okay, why have right. you brought pictures? Why have you... <laughs> why is there a storyboard? Right. You go up. This other comedian is on first. And if, and you know that they'll say to you, oh, do, do you want to go on first? And even if they have to get the ba- the bus back to fucking Donegal... You'll take the first spot, won't you? You'd be like, oh, yeah. And you'll know that they're only giving it to you because they feel like, oh, I should probably be, uh, I might try and get in with them. They're like a more experienced comic. But you, you know pos- what? You would abuse your position in that instance. Oh, you see, I don't know. Because you know the way I hate myself so much. It's my USB. I probably drive example. him back to Donegal. Yes, I say. I need to talk to another adult <laughs> them. That's the um, problem here. What but you do know you what do? I mean? You know yes. what I'm saying? We all... Look, we it's all easier said abuse. than done. Yes. Like, Bill Clinton now, obviously, he's a much older man. You know, he has been unwell, etc. He he's is not, not getting the, it up as easy these days. Just about to go there. He's, you know, let's face it, he's, he's not 
the he uh, needs he's more not notice. The, it's not the object of desire that he once was. No, he needs a prescription and a couple of days' notice if you are going to meet up and hook up and have a quickie blowjob. It's, it's going it to be. He's going to need a lift. Like no stairs, like it's just, do you know what I mean? It's not, it's very easy for him at this point of his life to say, me too is long overdue. Would he have said that when he was a good looking, charismatic, yeah, fuck, you know, a bit of a ride of a president, let's face it. Yeah, yeah. Would he have had the same attitude? Because of course. Well, he didn't. He didn't. And like you look at, you know, the likes of Harvey Weinstein, etc. And et two years and is you a long ask, time. Two years is a long time. It's not a quickie. It's not a mistake. And the fact that he so easily dismissed her under oath and he dismissed her and said, I never know. Nothing ever happened. Two years of his life. I mean, but look, it is what it is. Three days after the fact, what do you always do to deflect a bit of attention away from a fuck up? You start bombing Al Qaeda. So three days after uh, the shit is so three days after um, he was acquitted by the Senate, August twentieth, he started launching missiles against Al Qaeda. What was funny about that, and I mentioned it in Dingle on Saturday, was it was very reminiscent of the plotline of the film Wag the Dog with Robert De Niro. I don't know if you ever saw it, Mm -hmm. but in that film, which I mean, talk about life mirroring art within the film, which. Which had just been, uh, which had been out a few months, a couple of months previously, uh, the American president is caught up in a sex scandal, and to deflect attention, they wage a fantasy war against a country, uh, Albania. They wage a fantasy war against Albania. Oh so God. we're talking about life mirroring art here, Bill. So three days after fact, he that he did that. Uh, obviously, Al Gore came along yeah. in 2001 people had a bit of Clinton fatigue at that point even though his approval ratings were still high uh, Al Gore really was given a poison chalice there it was just never going to happen after, no. the, after the whole debacle and uh, of course George Bush got in and the rest as we all know is history. Now w- before we wrap it up just to note with the bill um, Monica Lewinsky has gone on uh, we touched upon it there to be very active public speaker um, she wrote a fantastic article in Vanity Fair as well uh, I don't know if you read it but it was very good it was out a couple of years ago and he ta- she talks about obviously it was in the wake of Me Too and all that yeah. and uh, she talks about the fact that she is not disappointed by Bill Clinton but she was disappointed for him like that he just lacked within that moment he just lacked all moral courage yeah, and just yeah. never never interesting never contacted her to apologize to her and he has been quizzed on that even relatively recently on NBC and he was like well I didn't feel it was appropriate and I apologize you know I told the whole nation I was sorry but I mean ultimately he probably should have apologized to her and her family considering she yeah. was labeled a harlot for uh, a good two decades uh, a couple of good things that he did do uh, was well I mean you know people are probably going to touch um, because obviously we're talking about military interve- intervention is a good thing but he was very active in uh, the whole Bosnia-Serbia conflict and ending that Northern Ireland as well very involved in the peace process there etc mm-hmm. Anglo-Irish agreement did uh, give uh, achieving peace in the Middle East a world between Israel and Palestine didn't quite work out as well as the other two examples and most recently and do you remember this was in the news he successfully negotiated the release of two American journalists with Kim Jong-un 
Do you remember that one? Yes. In North Korea, yeah. So he's still very much okay. like involved in diplomacy and all that kind of thing. He's not opposed to getting the, the saxophone out and kind of doing the party. He'll still there. get his sax out, but he does need two days' notice and only if there are no stairs involved and a prescription. Before we wrap it up, when Hillary was running... They didn't know what to do with Bill because, oh, of course, yeah. because the climate has changed in relation to abuse do? of power, mm. misogyny, all that kind of shit that was totally like, you know, yeah. uh, par de jour in the 90s. They didn't know what to do with Bill. So what they did was yeah. they kind of hid Bill. Bill was hidden away. Yeah. But it was only when they were realizing that it was a little bit fucked for Hillary that yes. they wheeled Bill out. And of course, at that point, what they didn't realise was they thought that people didn't want to see Bill, but actually they realised that he was her biggest asset, but they realised too late. So they wheeled her out at the end because Bill was basically not allowed to have any input in this race at all. And they wheeled him out in the end and they realised then, fuck if we'd only done, done this it. earlier, we could have. We he was actually yes. her biggest asset, but they thought that he would have a negative impact, but completely the opposite. He was actually, if they had allowed him to be more actively involved, she probably would have won the the campaign. You see, likability is he has likability. So that's the thing. Underestimated because that would have, if that had been a different um, pre- president, I can't even say the word today. They mightn't have survived. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, this is it. It's like the whole thing with the Michael Jackson and whatever. It's like Gary Glitter. <laughs> yeah, Gary Glitter. People were quite happy to boycott his music because his music was pretty shite anyway. Mm. But then it gets a bit trickier when it's someone who has a lot of good music. And it's also like, oh, he's, yeah. How bad was the abuse? Can we? How many songs can we keep? You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. If somebody is likeable. That child let him on completely. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's a lot of that where if it's someone that's shit, we're like, burn, burn all, well, all the music. It is, it just, it is interesting with the whole, because of course that was the thing that like, I remember like what the time. What I'm saying is if you had a scandal you'd be completely fucked is what I'm saying because I've no likability (laughs) (laughs) thanks Emma um, it's nice to just, joke, you know, just joke. as I as I took myself in tonight. Like, <laughs> it's good to just have that one memory from the day. That Gotta just... be Um. So yeah, because of course that was the thing with Hillary and Bill was that it was kind of accepted that they had this pact. You oh, yes. be president first, and then I'm going to be president, and that's how this is going to work. At the time, of course, Hillary Ann was all or Hillary Ann, Hillary Clinton <laughs> was. Uh, Hillary Clinton was all like I'm not going to be like Tam- but this is before the dress yeah. I'm not going to be like Tammy Wynette stand by your man she then again 90s it shows how like just mad things were back then she then had to apologise to Tammy Wynette so like it just shows as a woman you could not <laughs> even express a real opinion like I'm not going to stand by my man she then had to issue this public apology <laughs> to Tammy Wynette by the way if oh, ever Bill just got a blowjob, Hillary's taking it too come far. Come on! So Hillary had to apologise in that one, and uh, <laughs> so sake. they basically just kind of had very frosty body language for the last two and a half decades. And of course, Hillary, <laughs> I would say behind closed doors, is still raging at Bill because when she was running, a lot of people asking, "What about these rumours that Bill's actually a bit of a rapist?" And what do you, you know, because obviously she was doing the whole like running on the feminist card etc 
and uh, she kind of viewed him as a massive negative. But it was just interesting that when he entered the fold, her approval ratings went way up, but it was just too late in the day. So again, it comes back to that thing of, even though a lot of rumours that he was actually a bit of a bit of a creep to say the least now that hasn't been proven in a criminal court just Mm. to add that in but even with all that even when we knew he was a liar even when he knew that he had gone off and basically not even manipulated but certainly abused his power we would say with this like 22 year old intern even then he still had the likability yeah isn't that so mad even though we know all this and like rationale would follow true. Okay, well then he's a bad guy and we're not going to yeah. like him. You see, that's No, it. we still kind of like him. Yeah, he's just a likeable guy. And I would not be surprised if after that, after the whole thing happened and, you know, the dust settled, that they did some sort of focus group and like Hillary asked the question, okay, would you respect Hillary more if she left Bill or stood by him? Because I'd say she's so, she, as you say, I really think they had a pact like okay, you, you pact. go for it first and then yeah. I'll go second. And I'd say it was so important to her that that's why she stayed with him because it actually turned out that people would have respected her less if she had divorced Bill. Yeah. And she wasn't. It boils down see, to that. And like, I don't know what she's, and this isn't a thing of like, you know, what she is like in real life as a real person, you know, meeting up and going for lunch. But public persona, she does not come across no. as likable. No, she doesn't. For all we know, Bill could be an absolute shit, but he comes across as a likable guy. But isn't it isn't it funny though? And we know all that about him. Yeah, and we're still like, yeah, he's okay. It, but like, and that's just being honest about it. And yeah, yeah and of course, to finish on another was salacious rumor, but of finish course, on a skirt. Finish on a skirt. Um, Finish so all over your The dress. whole Donald Trump thing. And yeah. I should have probably looked this up. I'll look it up for the next day just to confirm. Or maybe one of our lovely listeners could get in touch. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly read in a few places, but I need to actually look at, maybe this has been refuted since, that apparently, you know, of course, the Clintons were great buddies with Donald Trump. Yeah, this is the thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. And heard you heard this about how, like, Bill was like, we need to make sure that Hillary gets in. And the yes. best way to do that is to throw a red herring into the Republican pot. They had a chat with Donald. They were at a dinner party. Donald was like, I'll run. It was this big joke. But of course, the whole idea being he's going to be a red herring. They didn't even think, think that he would get the ticket. But that just having that distraction yes. would allow Hillary to present herself as, well, you know, while these guys are over bickering over there, uh, I'm actually here and I'm ready to do work and I'm ready to do this, that or whatever and putting on United Front with the rest of the Democratic Party and blah, blah, blah. But of course, the plan backfired yeah. and the red herring actually became president. I would believe it though because I could see, do you know why I would believe it? It has the ring of truth. You could see, I maintain, when Donald Trump oh, yeah, was elected, there's, there's footage he was sitting there looking completely bamboozled. I mean, it looked like he could not actually... Now, by the way, we hate Donald Trump, goes out saying, but I did have a moment when he was sitting there with Barack Obama where I thought he looked even a little bit sheepish, as in, like, I cannot believe they have called my bluff. Like, just a moment, and then since then, obviously, he has, much like Macbeth, absolutely plummeted, I'm sure has yet to reach his moral nadir, 
But I would believe it because it has the ring of truth. I can imagine Bill saying, hey, would you run just to kind of help Hillary? He said, I'll run. I'll run because he's an egomaniac, mm-hmm. thinks it's going to be a bit of crack, etc. Stirring the pot, he loves nothing more. And then the plan backfired. And I would say that's what happened. And I would say that's one of the reasons Hillary is still fucking raging at Bill. And when you say planted the seed, yeah. And when you say ring of truth, that's not sexual, is it? You know how I feel about the rings, and no. Okay. But what would you think? To... <laughs> would you would you agree? Um, I'd say it's definitely plausible because I have seen, as anyone else who wanted to watch, it's not like I had private footage. <laughs> But there was footage of uh, I love Hillary. when you try to sound elitist. <laughs> yeah. Well, of the footage that I have seen, um, Bill and Hillary and Trump and Ivana are all hanging out. Yeah. Having the giggles. And but they were at like Trump's best, wedding to Melania. Yeah, look, look like the best of friends. So, I, I mean, if you're a powerhouse couple like Bill and Hillary, I mean... You're not going to be sitting there talking about Carrie, are you? No. You're going to talk about it's gonna, politics. Yes, of course. And obviously they were probably keeping friendly with him because they're like, he's got a few quid. He knows people that have a few mm-hmm. quid. We're always going to need a few quid for whatever kind of shit we're running They're the all future. based in New York. Yeah. I would think, I mean, obviously I'm sure it goes out saying Donald Trump need, needed very little persuasion to run. But I could see how Bill would think it would be a good idea if he ran because he was just going to be such a ridiculous candidate against yeah. Hillary. Not knowing, sorry Bill, but people actually hate your wife. So yeah. they would rather vote for Donald Trump than Hillary. Yeah, she's just something very awkward about her. And I didn't presence. like the thing of, you know, basically her whole fucking campaign centred around, if you've got a vagina, you should vote for me. No, just because you're a woman does not mean I should vote for you. You don't have a vote in America, Jane. I thought you were going to say I didn't have a vagina. <laughs> oh God, I just really, saw you say you really, don't have a vote like She's really beat me with in a America. stick tonight. I'm not likable. I don't have a vagina. If what the fuck? If you have enjoyed this episode, okay, go indulge in a Copperberg. It's only 83 calories per can. While you're indulging in your Copperberg, okay, preferably not while driving, just to note that, because we're all about safety first. Um, you might also download mm. us, because that's what counts. It's not the casual listens, it's the download. And you might rate us and review us on yeah. iTunes. Yeah. We will only accept five stars. But please, if you're a five-star reviewer, go for it. I've been Julie J. Solid. We're going to sing a song first. Solid as a rock. That's what you had. Okay, she's had a couple of Copperbergs. I'm not going to lie. And she's singing. This is the desired effect. Okay. I'm sorry. Of a raspberry light <laughs> or two. I've been Jeannie J. I have been Emma Dorn. Thank you for listening, listener. Thank you very much. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.